hello, it's Brooke DeVard, and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. Now, today's episode is all about education. Yes, I partnered with my friends over at Paula's Choice to do a deep dive on some of the most common and pressing skincare concerns, but also just to dive a little bit deeper into the ingredients. What makes certain ingredients good for our skin? What are ingredients that we should be avoiding regardless of where you shop? Like this episode is not about, okay, these are the products to buy from Paula's Choice. This episode is like, what does vitamin C actually do for my skin? When I'm experiencing hyperpigmentation, what is happening to my skin underneath the surface that I can't see? And I was really, really happy that I could speak to Deb, who is absolutely incredible. She's an education specialist at Paula's Choice. So that means that she has a lot of experience taking really complex ideas about skincare and making it easy to digest. And she's also a woman of color with over 20 years of experience in this space. So such, such valuable insights. I learned so much from the discussion. You can hear I have a light bulb moment as we're recording live where I learn that BHAs and salicylic acid are the same thing again. Now I'm like deep, like I am a skincare consumer. I read a lot. I absorb a lot. Somehow I miss that. I learned lots of other things as well. So one of the things that I'm really, really passionate about is knowledge and skincare knowledge. And the more that you learn, the more informed you are as a customer, the more you can, as you're shopping, slide into the DMs of a brand and say, Hey, what's the percentage of AHA in this? How are you guys using glycolic acid in this formula? Will this work well for my sensitive skin or my blemish prone skin? I really, really, really want everyone to think about how can we increase our personal understanding of skincare and ingredients to be more informed customers. I think that's really important. I also think it's really important to learn your skin and the triggers for what makes your skin do certain things so that you can tailor approaches appropriately. And and here's the thing. I've been doing this for a long time and I don't have it all figured out. Sometimes something happens with my skin and I'm like, what next? What do I do? I'm not quite sure. What ingredients should I look to? And I'll often do some research, but I really, really, really appreciate this deep knowledge that Deb brought to the conversation. I was also able to very selfishly sneak in a question about dark circles under my eyes towards the end of the episode. So I hope you all are inspired by this discussion. I will also link to all of the products mentioned. I have like a little page, a Paula's Choice page, where anything you shop from that page, you will get 15% off, which is honestly a great discount. But again... This for me is not about selling you Paula's Choice products. I do like their products. I love that liquid skin perfector. I love their vitamin C. But again, it's about giving you knowledge to be a more informed skincare shopper. And that's why I'm excited about this conversation. Other than that, all is well. Mavi just had his 18-month checkup appointment. I cannot believe he is a year and a half. Like, I honestly cannot believe that. He's also 27 pounds, which explains why my back hurts so much. But it also means I just have to be that much more diligent and on top of these workouts and weight training sessions that I'm doing because he is not light to carry up and down these stairs. But I am enjoying every single moment of parenthood, I do feel like it honestly gets better every single month because he's discovering new things about the world and he's able to play more and we're able to just like interact. And I know he understands me now. He obviously doesn't have any like language skills yet. I mean, he's got a few words. 
he loves saying I, like he loves pointing to his eye and being like, I, I, or he'll point to my eye and say, I, I, but he can't say anything. Like he can't form like sentences, but he fully understands me, which is such an interesting change in development. Like you'll say to not do something or bring me this or turn around here or help me put on your shirt. And he like understands. So it's been really, really exciting. This like little phase that we're in. I've heard that two can be more challenging. They call it like terrible twos. I'm crossing my fingers that everything stays as lovely as it is right now. But yeah, just, just really, really enjoying that journey. And then just, you know, trying to balance everything with work. I did do a daytime talk show where I got to talk about Naked Beauty, which was really, really exciting. I will post a clip of that on Naked Beauty Planet or at Brooke DeVard if you're following me there. But thank you all for all of the support as always. If you're listening to this and something resonates with you, consider taking a screenshot, sharing it on your stories, tagging me at Naked Beauty Planet. I love to know when you all are listening. And let's get into my conversation with Deb. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. I am joined by Deb Kilgore from Paula's Choice. Welcome to Naked Beauty. Thank you so much. This is super exciting. I appreciate you having me. I'm very excited to have you. Now, I know you've been with Paula's Choice for 22 years, which is incredible. So you have extensive, extensive experience, but I'd love for you to tell the listeners, what is your exact title and what do you do with Paula's Choice? Because I think it's such a cool job. My gosh, it's like there's a lot under the hood there, but my exact title is Global Director of Skincare Knowledge. And that's pretty broad. But essentially what that means is I'm helping to educate and amplify our brand and ingredient and product messaging, just uh, not only to our internal employees nationwide in the U.S., but also globally. I love it. Such a dream position because I think that knowledge is power, especially when it comes to skincare. Like the more you can understand about the skincare ingredients you're using, what it does for your skin, what you can avoid, the better your skin will be. Don't you agree? Oh my gosh, I think that's so good and it's so relevant today. You know, with this kind of social atmosphere, there's just so much information and that's beautiful, right? We have access to things and we have access to information and things in real time, but that also means it's a bit noisy. We're kind of flooded with a lot of information that can be confusing, especially if you're someone, you know, like me years ago who didn't know like about skincare when I started Paula's Choice, I didn't know anything about skincare. And so imagine somebody who's just brand new embarking on their skincare journey. 
and then scrolling and hearing and just all these different things. Um, knowledge is definitely power. Yes. And that's part of what I love about my job is we help suck that out. We help flesh that out and help consumers um, kind of achieve the best skin of their lives. I love it. It's actually shocking how much misinformation there is online about skincare. And I guess that comes with information, right? The more there are other people educating each other on skincare, the more volume of information, there's bound to be more misinformation. But I'm excited to talk to you today because you have that background in educating people, regular everyday people that maybe don't understand, like, I don't personally want to get deep into a medical journal, but I do want to understand what my skincare is doing. So yeah, um, exactly. I think this will be great. And yeah, as you said, when you started working at Paula's Choice, you had no background in like skincare beauty, right? Like zero. I mean, really zero. And uh, I was working in telecommunications, actually, in a call center. And the more that I look back, I think about, I took those sorts of jobs, meaning kind of call center jobs, because they were safe. I didn't have to engage with people publicly. And the reason that was a concern for me is I had bad acne and hyperpigmentation. And that was just like, it was easy. So I could be Deb on the phone, but I didn't have to engage with people in person. And so Long story short, I came across this ad for Polish Choice and it was like this amazing skincare company, dog-friendly office, all those sorts of things. And I applied and 22 years later, I know so much more. And I recognize all the hurdles that come with skincare and what the lack of information means. And sometimes you just don't know who to reach out to. And so I think that's really important for consumers. Totally. I get to amplify and share that message. Yes, I love that. But I, I was also just going to add for people that are, you know, just listening audibly 22 years later, you also have zero skincare issues that I can see visibly. You have absolutely amazing, glowing radiance. Okay, now, well, thank you, as do you. But I will say, you know, in terms of my skin, my skin type, and I think, you know, this is where we could kind of get off in the weeds. Um, and so I'll contain myself, but my skin type is oily combination, blemish prone. Okay. My skin still continues to actively break out at age 50, and that's just reality. Actually, I expect more breakouts. I'm perimenopausal, and as I lean into, is you know, kind of getting older, there's going to be some shifts. And so, but but the beauty of it is I know what to anticipate, and I know how to address those things. So my acne is well-managed. It's not cured. And I think that's a part of the message that I like to share with people is like, here's all the possibilities and here's what skincare can do while at the same time managing expectations. Yes, managing expectations. But I like what you said around, you know, something could happen, but when it does happen, you know what to do. And I think that's a really critical step in... With anything in life, right? Yes, yes. It's like, I think about my journey becoming a mom. Like when it first, like, you know, my baby would be crying. I'd be like, I actually don't know what to do here. I have these seven different techniques. If I think about <laughs> me with skincare, where I am now, I can see, okay, if my skin is reacting in XYZ ways, I know it's time to like reel it in on maybe some of the acids and start adding in more hydration and, and keep it more simple and avoid, you know, these specific products that could cause more sensitivity. So yeah, it's about like when these things come up, how do you know how to address it? And we're talking about some of the trickiest skincare issues today. We're going to jump into acne and, and hyperpigmentation, two things that you've dealt with personally, but many, 
many people deal with. And selfishly, I'm also excited to speak to you about this as a woman of color, because I think sometimes the way that we approach hyperpigmentation is different from, you know, fair skinned women, but hyperpigmentation is a problem for a lot of people, but I'm excited to hear from you. Totally. And I, I would say this is a larger conversation in and of itself, just from a, you know, as women of color, the beauty standard, what we were kind of taught when we were younger, the solutions, et cetera, that's a whole nother conversation. But in, in terms of acne, so I mentioned I struggle with acne, I had hyperpigmentation, and those are just, they are stubborn, stubborn. And not only do you understand kind of the, the skin physiology, you need to understand the ingredients that are most beneficial. You need to understand what to avoid, and then you need to sprinkle in a good dose of patience because it doesn't go away overnight no matter what anybody says, no matter the product, that's ours as well. Sprinkle in that patience. But I think, you know, acne, there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes uh, to acne. My skin is dirty. I can scrub acne away. It's like I'm doing something wrong and you're not doing anything wrong, right? I mean, that's just your skin's physiology. And usually it uh, has to do with excess oil and there's poor congestion. And then this creates bacteria, which just acne loves, unfortunately, and it kind of feeds on that. And so once you understand kind of the behind the scenes reasons for acne, then it makes more sense how to approach it and what products and ingredients you should be using. So the one thing that I like to make sure that I amplify is like, not your fault, likely not a lot that you're doing. There's genetics, there's stress. I mean, look at the last two years, right? So you combine all of those things and it can create the perfect storm that you don't necessarily have control of in terms of like having acne, but you can control it in terms of getting it under control or managing it. And you personally, as you have been dealing with acne, do you have specific areas on your face that it shows up? Um, because I know that a lot of times people break out and like they know they have their problem areas and not all areas are easy to treat. Do you have like specific areas where you find it shows up and like what triggers acne for you? I think right now, I think so. Yes, I have specific areas for me originally. So I, you know, just a little backstory when I was in like high school and taking college classes, I didn't break out. And I honestly, I thought I just dodged that. I was like, whoo, score. I'm so lucky. But then at 27, after I had my daughter, that's when things kind of went haywire. So I started breaking out close to my 30s and it was aggressive. So for me at that time, I had breakouts on my forehead and my, my cheeks, even on my shoulders, my back, some occasionally on my neck. Now for me, it's kind of my cheek area. I have a nice one here that I'm working on, but that's okay. Because now I'm like, I, I remember being so embarrassed about acne in the mark that it would leave behind. But now it's kind of like, okay, I got you. We can handle this. <laughs> a challenge. But yeah, it's kind of like a challenge. So for me, it's probably my cheeks are where, you know, it's, it's pretty well managed everywhere else, but it's probably kind of my, my cheek area where I tend to break out most. Okay. And for you, do you find that it's related to stress or diet? I know it initially started after the birth um, of your daughter, which is so common. People give birth and like their skin. Some people have amazed. I feel like I was very lucky to not have lots of skin issues. Um, 
I, I wouldn't say I had like a pregnancy glow. People said that I did. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm just sweating <laughs> all the time because I'm like so hot and so pregnant. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, people are like, you're glowing. I'm like, I'm sweating, but thank you. But yes, giving birth. Another thing that you guys listening who don't have kids yet, you can add that to the list of fun things to, to look forward to. Sometimes you're just going right? to freak out. But, <laughs> but now, you know, several years postpartum, what are your triggers for acne? So for me, when I was experiencing my cycle, that would affect when I had breakouts. It was distinctly tied to my cycle, which I'm past. I'm perimenopause, as I mentioned. And so I'm in a different stage. And now it's about the decrease in estrogen and the role that plays in skin. And just as we get older and as we encounter more environmental exposure, things happen to our skin. It's kind of a natural ebb and flow. But this is, again, why I love what I get to do is because we can talk about it. Like, it's not a bad thing. It's not a, there doesn't have to be any stigma around it. It just is what it is for most people. And everybody's going to flex and have different experiences. But for me, it's probably hormonal. Again, a different hormonal reason now at this point. But again, I kind of know how to tackle that when it when it uh, comes in. Well, I can really relate to the the hormonal issues, and it just sometimes it just feels unfair that in addition to bleeding and cramping and back pain, you also have your skin freaking out. You're also bloated. I mean, really, like spin the wheel. What else do we get? Like, what okay, now we get this too. I mean, what's the? I don't want to know what the grand prize is here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. You're dealing with acne. What are some of the most effective ways that people dealing with acne can think about treating it? I think the most important thing um, when it comes to acne is, is acne is inflammatory. It's an actual inflammatory skin disease. And so your skin is already frustrated. It's upset. There's things underneath the skin that are going on that present itself in a way in terms of blemishes and collect pores and redness and irritation, the last thing you want to do is add to that. So the first thing I always say is like, first of all, go easy on yourself, go easy on yourself. And there's much bigger things like acne in the moment is super frustrating, but in the scope of our world, we just need to go easy on ourselves. Be gentle. That means no harsh or abrasive scrubs, no irritating or harsh ingredients, because you're just going to exacerbate that and you're going to make it worse. And I know a lot of people do those things with a lot of good intention, but they can really make it worse and it creates this sort of cycle that people can't get out of. Can I go back to something you said about avoid harsh and abrasive skincare and things that could irritate it? So would you recommend easing back on physical and chemical exfoliants if you're experiencing acne? Physical, no. And I just want to clarify, I love this, that I get to be kind of on the record, so to speak. But Paula's Choice, we've kind of spoken against scrubs, but there's kind of a caveat. We just don't want abrasive, harsh scrubs, right? Right. If there are gentle scrubs that are easy on skin and they're not kind of tearing skin surface, then that's fine. But those abrasive scrubs, we've all seen them. We've all experienced them. There is a sensorial sort of experience that comes along with those. Abrasive, gritty scrubs that feel like they're tearing at skin a bit are going to make acne and really any skin condition and and skin health in general worse. Yes. Well, you probably can't say St. Ives apricot scrub, but I sure can. And that was... I'll let you say it. 
I'll let you see. I mean, that was like my middle school staple. Like I really thought I was like doing something, but it definitely, you know, tears at your skin when you think about those like kernels. It's just very abrasive. So yes. Okay. So harsh abrasive scrubs avoid if you have a nice gentle exfoliant. Exactly. Yeah. So leave on exfoliant. So you know, in the case of Paula's Choice, we have what's called leave-on exfoliants. Literally means you're applying it, you're leaving on, it's doing the work. And then we have a specific rinse-off exfoliant that is kind of this higher concentration product. You leave it on for a certain period of time. In our case, it's 10 minutes, you rinse it off, and then you go about your business. It's like 10 minutes to glow, which is amazing. Oh, I haven't tried that. What's that one called? Because I, I, I love the BHA Skin Perfecting Liquid Exfoliant, I think it's called. It's like liquid gold. I think everybody is like, I mean, I think that's one of the products that we're most known for, but the rinse off product is fairly new for us. It's called the Skin Perfecting 25% AHA plus 2% BHA exfoliant peel. It is a mouthful. I don't even know if I can repeat it, but it's a brilliant product, which we actually launched as a part of our 25 year anniversary because it had the 25% AHA, but you apply it. You leave it on for 10 minutes. And I think it's great for stubborn concerns. But if you're just like, hey, I have an event coming up next week and I really want to like amp up that glow, I think it's a great option. And so adding to cart. Yeah. Chemical exfoliants are great because essentially they help your skin do what it naturally does already, which is shed those dry dead surface skin cells. BHA in particular, also known as salicylic acid, gets in the pore and helps with congestion and acne and all of those things. Okay. I just had a major light bulb moment. Salicylic acid and BHA are the same thing? Yes. So BHA, it's also called beta hydroxy acid, also known as salicylic acid. And it's great because it's an oil soluble exfoliant that not only provides kind of the benefit of AHAs. So think glycolic acid on the surface of the skin, but salicylic acid is oil soluble. So it penetrates in the pore and gets kind of all that gunk out. All the stuff that a scrub and AHA and lactic acid, those things can't do. Salicylic acid is brilliant. Okay, this is great. I can't believe I did not know those were the same thing. See, I'm, I'm already learning so much. So what ingredients should people look for when they are going to treat acne? I And, and again, focusing on what you said about things not being too harsh. I just had a guest on and this was her experience and it worked for her. She talked about adding toothpaste on acne. She left it on too long. It caused a horrible irritation. Um, I would imagine that like very minty toothpaste is going to uh, make your skin angry. So what ingredients should you look for when you're looking to treat acne? Because you probably want it gone as fast as possible, but again, you don't want to make it worse. Exactly. And I, I am glad you mentioned that because toothpaste is pretty popular and we see it. It's kind of what some of these recommendations that ebb and flow and come and go, but avoid. I just okay. want, like avoid if I can say that in a way that sounds like capital letters. That's what I'm saying, because the mint, the dye, the things that are in there that are great for our teeth. Like, yes, we love toothpaste, not meant for your face. And there's a reason that it just is in the toothpaste, the, the toothpaste aisle and not in the skincare aisle. Yes. Right. But the things that you want to do, salicylic acid, like I just mentioned, which is also known as BHA or beta hydroxy acid. Again, that surface and pore level exfoliant to get the gunk out. Salicylic acid is also related to acetyl salicylic acid, which is aspirin. So it has an analgesic property. So a soothing and calming in addition to the exfoliation, which is powerful. Benzoyl peroxide. I mean, we're talking gold standard, 
For years and years, Paula's Choice offers a 2.5% and a 5%. You don't need to get up into the 10% range. Benzoyl peroxide is super duper effective, but as you get into higher concentrations, it can be a little drying or irritating. So stay at the lower ranges. That essentially helps to kill the bacteria that's a contributing factor to acne. Okay. Sunscreen. People are like, wait, what? What is this recommendation? But let's go back to acne is an inflammatory disease on skin. And what does the sun do? Trigger inflammation and irritation and just chip away at our skin's surface. So while we're treating our skin, we need to be protecting our skin as well. And so, you know, antioxidants, but I'd say the gold standard ingredients are salicylic acid, benzoyl peroxide. If you can't tolerate a benzoyl peroxide, which some people can't, that's just the reality of it. We're all different. Azelaic acid is a wonderful ingredient to consider. Okay. What about tretinoin slash retinol? Absolutely. If you're being gentle, you're incorporating some of these ingredients that I talked about, but you're not seeing results. And I'm not talking about you're not seeing results over like a three-day period or one week or two weeks. I'm talking about like you've given it like eight to 12 weeks or you have cystic acne or it's just super stubborn or persistent. Maybe you've gotten some good results with salicylic acid and benzoyl peroxide, but you can't quite get over the hurdle. You should consult a doctor or dermatologist to see what other options. And you can use these things together. One doesn't cancel the other out. Now that's a separate conversation, how to integrate them into one routine, but they can be used together. And so I think there's a lot that you can do before you have to visit a derm, a doctor, or you have to pocketbook because that's expensive for the prescriptions. So now can we manage it before you have to go there? But there's certainly, that's why there's doctors and derms and prescription type ingredients, you know? Absolutely. Now, if someone is experiencing acne or breakout, do you recommend they look for these ingredients in their face wash, in a serum, in the moisturizer? Like, I guess, which vehicle is the most effective at getting these ingredients into your skin? Well, these sorts of ingredients are best in leave-on products. I know that there are acne washes or you know, acne treatments that are kind of short-term and you like rinse them off. And I will say that you can get a little benefit in the moment. It can be the prep for then your acne treatment to follow, but it is not the acne treatment. In a cleanser, you're putting it on, you're massaging it around very gently, I might add, and then you're rinsing it off. It needs to have time and it needs to be in contact with your skin to work effectively. So leave-on products, and that can come in a variety of products. That can be moisturizers, it can be serums, it could be boosters, it could be toners, it can be essences, it can be a lot of different products. Essentially, the products that remain in contact with your skin are the ones that you want to see those ingredients in. So helpful to hear. Okay, thank you. I've always been so interested in those like facial cleansers that are meant to like, you know, clear your skin because yeah, as you said, the cleanser is not sitting on your face for a long time. Now there's this whole movement as I interview people where people like to keep their cleanser on as like a little mask, which like I get and makes sense. But how long is that mask uh, on your skin? It's, it can't compete with like overnight skincare. And I don't know that the research and science you know, I don't work as a part of our research, you know, I mean, like our product development team, but yeah, what are the minutes? Is it two minutes? Is it five minutes? Is it 10 minutes? What we know is that leave-on products are the 
are the staples in terms of those sorts of ingredients, and they're going to give you the maximum benefit. So again, even if you leave a cleanser on, and I'm not saying that it's bad, I'm just saying if you're really to looking to target acne, you probably need something more than like a cleanser with ingredients. It can be a great prep and first step, but then what are you doing after? Yes. Before we get into hyperpigmentation, which is a big one, I know, <laughs> um, I want to talk about like what skincare ingredients should most of us avoid. Now, of course, there are like those people that can just tolerate anything. <laughs> their skin, put it on their skin, they're going to be fine. But as we think about, you know, just looking at the back of these labels again, a lot of these names are very hard to understand. Are there things that we should actively be looking out for and that we want to avoid in our skincare? Yeah, this is where I feel like Polish Choice is not always popular, but I feel like that's part of what we do is like we're gutsy and we tell the truth. And we've been saying this stuff for years before Polish Choice was even skincare brand. I would say things like drying alcohols, isopropyl alcohol, SD alcohol, camphor, uh, menthol. Menthol feels super cooling on the skin. It gives you that tingly sensation, must mean something's working. It's a problem. You should avoid it. Lemongrass, citrus oils. There's a laundry list of ingredients and a lot of them actually are natural, but not everything natural is the best for skin. They share a commonality of just increasing inflammation and more importantly, breaking down skin's barrier, which is designed intentionally. Like our skin what covers us is it's intentional and it's to keep the good stuff and the bad stuff out. And when we use harsh ingredients, fragrance is one of those two. I know people don't always want to hear it, but fragrance, it chips away at skin's barrier. You don't feel it today. You might not feel it tomorrow or next month, but it's over time. It's cumulative. So each time that you do that, you're exposing your skin to something that, well, first of all, there's just no benefit. And second of all, it's problematic. So you want to avoid. Interesting. We have a laundry list. One of the things I made a note of, because I wanted to make sure that I got the uh, article right, there's an ingredient or an article on Polish Choice called How Sensitizing Ingredients Hurt Skin. And so it talks more about this topic in general, but it also has a laundry list of ingredients that we highly recommend you avoid. <laughs> okay, I'm going to link to that article in the show notes so everyone can go check it out. Now, fragrance is an interesting one because I do appreciate the sensory experience of skincare. Totally. Yes. Totally. And I, and I have some like serums and oils that, you know, there's fragrance. They're usually... Um, fragrances from essential oils, even though you can be a fragrance from essential, an essential oil and cause irritation. You know, for people like me that love skincare with like, you know, just that like luxurious feeling and you're getting some of those, you know, beautiful fragrances in, is that something that long-term I'm doing a disservice to my skin by continuing to indulge in? That's so tricky. And the reason I think it's tricky is because there isn't, you don't necessarily feel or see anything today. There's also no benefit today. So if you have, let's just say, a skincare product, a skincare cream that just smells just beautiful, you know, it's, it's in this luxe kind of decadent texture and it has this sensorial smell to it, that's great. But the smell has no benefit for what your skin needs to be healthy and stay healthy long term. And then again, it goes back to kind of that cumulative right? It compounds over time. It's particularly important for people who have very sensitive skin, yes. redness, rosacea, eczema, 
acne, those sorts of things, it's just going to kind of exacerbate that. But generally speaking, yeah, if you can avoid fragrance in your skincare products, and I know I love heartbreaking. Yes. I mean, I just, I love it, but I've also learned to live without it in my skincare and I enjoy it in so many other ways. Right. Okay. You're giving me something to think about here. (laughs) Also interesting, Deb, that you mentioned alcohol um, as something to avoid in skincare, which I I don't see it in skincare that often, to be fair. But I started noticing for even like these very luxurious foundations that I was loving from like very well-respected makeup brands, there would be like an alcohol at the very top of the ingredient list, like four or five in. And then I would think about how my skin felt after wearing that foundation, you know, with the pandemic, a lot of us got out of the habit of wearing makeup. But then I would think like, yeah, actually my skin would have lots of issues when I was wearing this type of makeup every day. Um, So it's like, it's not just skincare, right? You have to look at this for makeup too, especially foundation that's like sitting on your skin for a long time. Oh, for sure. There's kind of that list that I was talking about in terms of ingredients or sensitizing ingredients to avoid. You'll find those in cosmetics as well. They kind of go hand in hand sometimes. And I just want to make sure that we're clear. Cetero alcohol, for instance, is a fatty alcohol, not necessarily problematic, right? We, we're not cautioning people to refrain from that. But SC alcohol, very drying, strips skin, etc. So it's good for people to go on the cosmetic ingredient dictionary just to have a better understanding of the differences when it comes to an ingredient like alcohol, understand what they're really looking for and what they're reading when they turn that product over and they read the ingredient list. Yes. Now, I I love natural oils. I'm like a big fan of, I order them usually in bulk and I'll like mix together <laughs> my own little things. Like I love argan oil. That's like one of my absolute favorites. Do you have any oils that you just love for your skin? Well, because of my skin type, so for me personally, like if I use an oil, it tends to be, so we have a uh, an oil booster in our line that I like to use. It has like nine different plant oils in there. Ooh. It's fragrance-free, colorant-free. The beauty of it is it has nine different uh, fragrant-free plant oils, a lot of them that we know so well. And I don't use that on my skin because my skin is oily combination blemish prone, but I will absolutely add some to a body moisturizer and apply it there. So Nice, nice. I'm trying to see what oils are in it. Okay, jojoba seed oil, like the absolute goat. Literally like, and the one thing I love about this product is it has like nine, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm spot on with the number, but like nine different oils. Yeah, safflower. That are brilliant for skin. Sunflower. And you don't see that in oils. Like usually there's like one, two or three, or it focuses on one particular oil, but this has a mix because each of those brings something different to the table in terms of skin. Yes. Ooh, cranberry seed oil. You've got my favorite argan oil in there, <laughs> borage seed oil, evening. Pr- Ooh, I love the goodies, right? I love evening primrose. Okay. I'm like very excited. So are you not familiar? Is this the first time hearing about that product? Yeah. You know, I, I don't think of you guys as like the oil. Like when I think of Paula's Choice, it's not the first thing that I would think of, but I'm happy to know this exists because like I love to slather myself down with oils. Now I'm curious about something you did say, because I have heard that it's like a myth that if you have oily skin, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't use oils because a lot of times oil, like your skin is oily because you're like overproducing to compensate for dryness. And just because you have oily skin doesn't mean you can't not use oils. Yeah, I think for me, like I said, I have oily combination blemish-prone skin. I opt not to use oils. I don't need, 
I literally don't need any more oil on my skin. I think it depends on the type of oil, like the viscosity of it, right? So I think if somebody is oily combination, blemish prone or oily in general or extra oily, they don't necessarily need to add more oils to their skin. Part of adding oils to your skin is that your skin lacks them and you're supplementing skin's natural substances, right? So if your skin is dry, it probably is lacking oils. Yeah, that's me. And you want to add those on and that's going to be a big bonus. And that's really going to kind of fill that gap. If your skin is oily, it's not lacking oil. Now I have oily combination skin and I can get dehydrated. That means at certain times of the year or just during during certain times in general, my skin is lacking hydration and water. That's a different issue, but you don't necessarily have to avoid oils if you have oily combination or blemish prone skin, but you probably just don't necessarily need them. And if they're in something that's thick, emollient, or occlusive, probably not the best option if you have blemish-prone skin. Again, you just don't need that because pore congestion is already an issue. There's already kind of a backup issue in the pipes there. You don't need to contribute to that. So, Right. It's like when, when I see any like makeup primer, anything that's like mattifying, I'm like, oh, yeah. you don't need that. <laughs> Do not need anything mattifying on my face. Um, yeah. I will say as I get older, uh, well, I continue to get older. As I've gotten older, I was really into like the super matte sort of things, but that has its own issues as you get older. It kind of highlights fine lines and wrinkles. And so the more sort of dewy, glowy, yes, just hydrating texture suits me better at this period in my life. Yeah, I love that. And everyone with dry skin is always trying to look like dewy and glazed. And then I feel right. like people <laughs> that have oily skin are always trying to like mat it down. It's, it's, it's that thing. You always see you want what you can't have. Exactly. Okay. Hyperpigmentation. How do you begin tackling hyperpigmentation and what is happening, you know, in your skin that's causing hyperpigmentation? I think hyperpigmentation is a really big umbrella. First of all, it's super, super stubborn. If we were talking earlier about needing a good dose of patience. This is a skin concern where you need a lot of patience. It's going to take time. There's different reasons. You have um, post-acne marks, post-acne marks, sorry. You have um, sun damage. You have melasma. So there's different kind of degrees and different reasons why you might experience hyperpigmentation. And essentially what that is, is something has triggered excess melanin in deeper layers of the skin. So it's kind of like, you know, if you think you have a, you imagine a hose and it has a leak and it's just seeping out, even if it's the tiniest bit of water, it's leaking. And so you have this excess melanin that is being generated due to some sort of, you know, reason. And it makes its way to the surface and it appears as a dark mark, dark patch, discoloration. And that's going to be different for all of us. And there's going to be varying degrees of that. How you treat that, the first thing I will say is there's not one particular ingredient. Some people find a good ingredient for them, but the people who get the best results are using kind of a multitude of ingredients, vitamin C, retinol, azelaic acid, tranexamic acid, salicylic acid. And if you're not using sunscreen, you can just chuck all that out the window. Right, right. Sunscreen is the most most important. It is because that just exacerbates the issue. But yeah, it's a stubborn concern. And it's one that a lot of people encounter, a lot of people deal with. And I think it's particularly stubborn. If you have more melanin, you're going to have probably patches that might be a little bit darker or a little bit more stubborn. And it's going to take that much longer to go away. And so 
you know, that's one of those things that's very near and dear to me because I experienced it. I'm experiencing it. It's not a huge deal now, but I know it's going to take some time. Yes. I, I had some hyperpigmentation that I started treating at the end of September and I'm so happy that it's gone. And I used, of course, sunscreen every day, but I did vitamin C. I used the Paula's Choice vitamin C, which I love. I did a hydroquinone, which I got from a dermatologist at night, but I also didn't do it for too long with hydroquinone. Of course, you have to be very careful. You can't use it in a prolonged way because that can make it way worse. I think I, I think she said I could use it for up to four weeks and I was like paranoid and I did like two and a half weeks because I was like, I don't want to push it. So I did hydroquinone. I did vitamin C. I did sunscreen. Yeah, that's it actually. And then just like my regular skincare and it, and it worked and it was, it was gone. Yeah, totally. So I was going to say, first of all, I need to order you some glasses and send those to you because I, I'm not seeing anything going on. No, no, so. no it's, it's gone. This is one of my success <laughs> no. stories. This is one of my success stories. Yeah, no, I think, it, I think it's great. Hydroquinone is a great ingredient. They've changed it in terms of the FDA. And so now you need to get that. Uh, there used to be hydroquinone products that were available over the counter. That's no longer the case, at least in the United States. And I think that has made it inaccessible to a large number of people. That's unfortunate. But like at Paula's Choice, we launched a new product called the Skin Discoloration Repair Serum, which is a part of our clinical line. It has tranexamic acid, niacinamide, bakuchiol, all rolled up together. They each kind of target discoloration in different ways, the very upper layer of skin and deeper in skin. And that's a great option if somebody, for instance, wasn't able to, um, you know, get hydroquinone or just was kind of leery about the ingredient. But that's a, definitely a gold standard for sure. And I think that's a great example of it's a multi-pronged approach when you want to get rid of some skin concerns like that. Yeah. And I would say also for people listening, it took a good like three months for it to be like gone, gone. Like it wasn't like a fast process. Like it took some time. Yeah, it does take some time. And I'm I'm so glad to hear you say that because I think, you know, like I can say that and I feel like people are like, okay, well, what else is she going to say? Or I can talk about an ingredient and people are like, well, what else is she going to say? She works for the brand or whyever they think I might endorse something, but that is just the reality of it. This sort of thing. And a lot of times the damage that occurred in deeper layers of skin didn't happen overnight. It can feel like it. It can feel like that spot happened overnight. It can feel like the discoloration, those wrinkles, whatever it is happened overnight, but that's how it presents itself. But there's been things brewing and stewing underneath the skin for quite some time. And so we can't expect to get rid of it overnight, although that's what we want. And unfortunately, that's how a lot of products and brands market to us. It skews our expectations. It skews how we look at ourselves. And what we think should happen and what we think we should be seeing when we look in the mirror. And so I think, again, as Paula's Choice, the brand, that's a part of what we want to do as well is kind of manage those expectations and go along on that journey and be like, hey, this is normal. This is okay. You're right where you should be, you know? Yes. Now, vitamin C is something that I feel like if you're like really into skincare and like you've got a routine, like vitamin C is probably somewhere in there. But for a lot of people, like, I think about my husband. I like trying to push my vitamin C on him. I'm like, use the vitamin C. He's like, what difference does it make? Yeah, <laughs> I'm right. Like, You'll see in time. Um, for people that haven't integrated vitamin C into their routine, what do you think the benefits are of just like having some vitamin C on your skin? 
Oh gosh, there's so many. So a lot of people think about vitamin C as being a skin brightener, which it absolutely is. You'll see vitamin C, L-ascorbic acid specifically, which actually is very tricky to formulate with because it's super fussy. It's hard to keep stable, air, light, all those things, but it's really effective. So vitamin C is great if you want to brighten, and I want to say your natural skin tone, your natural skin tone, right? Right. Ease discolorations, help with hyperpigmentation, help with post-acne marks, all of those sorts of things, but it does so much more. I mean, it's like 50, 70 years I've lost count of the research behind vitamin C. It's such a good supplement for skin. One of the things that it does, and it's so brilliantly used during the day, is it's a super potent antioxidant that helps your skin defend itself against excess free radical damage, which if you just think it's hard, some of these concepts, you know, it's like, yeah, free radical damage sounds bad, but what's really happening? Just think of it like little mini jackhammers on your skin. It's just chipping away at your skin's barrier and it's allowing the bad stuff to seep in. And again, the good stuff to seep out. Anything you can do to kind of shield your skin and protect it, from that is brilliant and vitamin C is excellent at that. It helps fortify skin's barrier, like I said, just in different ways. It does a multitude of things besides brighten. Yes. And and I love that you're saying the like tip for using it during the day because it's before I do my sunscreen, a little vitamin C, or I've found sunscreens that have vitamin C in them, which I think is also brilliant. The more the better. Paula's choice is kind of always that like, you know, if you think about it, like there's some superfoods and things that we digest and ingest and you wouldn't say, well, just have a little bit of it. Or if you only have it in the morning, you know, I mean, think about some of the healthiest ingredients that we can eat to fuel our bodies and our minds. You wouldn't say, well, just have that in the morning, but skip it at night or just have it at night and skip it during the day. It's kind of the same sort of thing with vitamin C or some of these other amazing ingredients. Like if you can get more of it, get more of it. I think The difficulty with ingredients like vitamin C is if I don't have or someone doesn't have issues with hyperpigmentation, discolorations, et cetera, the things that vitamin C are most known for, they don't see a visual benefit to it. I see. It's an invisible benefit. It's helping shield your skin. It's boosting the effectiveness of your sunscreen because the sunscreen can only protect your skin so much. Literally, the science says so much, right? Let's say 97, 98%. There's still UV rays that are penetrating and literally striking your skin, causing damage. Vitamin C can be there to help, you know, kind of pick up where the sunscreen leaves off. They can be a perfect pair. So I think if people think of it that way, and that kind of goes back to your original message that you mentioned earlier of knowledge is power, That's the sort of thing, like those little extra tidbits that people might not know, I think can be powerful. Yes. And this whole conversation is just making me feel really justified in my like skincare obsession (laughs) and just like doing the most and having a million steps because you have people that say like, oh, you're just like buying all this stuff. It doesn't really make a difference. But I love this analogy about like healthy eating. Like no one would say okay, you had spinach for dinner. You don't need to also add it into your smoothie. You don't need to also throw it on your salad during the day. You're doing too much. You're doing, you're eating too many greens. Like it all helps. And of course, yes, like I'm not saying go to sleep with sunscreen on, like it has to make sense, but you know, where those ingredients are treating your skin well, then yeah, you should, you should use them. Now, Deb, you have access to 
basically every product that I'm sure Polish Trace has ever made. Um, but then you're also like a woman out in the world and I'm sure you train other brands too. So I'm very excited to hear from you, like your favorite skincare products right now. I, sh- I should say beauty products because I'm, I'm open to hearing any beauty product that you really love. Like what are your top three at the moment? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so when it comes to skincare, really, I've been using Paula's Choice literally since 2000. Okay. I'm kind of a creature of habit. And so I really love Polo's Choice products. I have to say, and I can't remember the exact name of it, but there are some super goop sunscreens. So if I were to open my drawer in my bathroom, there's quite a bit of super goop in there. They make great sunscreen. You know what? I think they've come to the table with some great products. There's a, what is it called? Shoot, I feel terrible. Oh, I have them all. Unseen there's sunscreen. There's the unseen, there's yep. the glow. One, what is that one called? The glow, oh, glow screen. Glow screen, yes. Yeah, okay. unscreen, glow screen. There's a, um, a serum that's in a larger container that I like as well. I even got the one that's in oil. Now I got them for the back of my hands and my forearms, which I just have been more dry lately. So I will say brands outside of Paula's Choice, I'm a super good fan. In terms of Paula's Choice, so that was one even though I said about five products out of their brand. <laughs> but in terms of Paula's Choice, the um, AHA and BHA rinse off peel that we've uh, launched. Hey, that 25 one, I can't wait to try that. Yeah, so again, that's the skin perfecting 25% AHA plus 2% BHA exfoliant peel. So 27% total skin-friendly acids, I just want to say that, that work together to just, I mean, it's like, 10 minutes to glow. That's all I can say. Okay. I want to try this. And you don't have to have stubborn concerns to use it. Like if you want to increase your glow, you have an event that you want to go to and you want BAM, check that out. I really love our Tranexamic, our clinical skin discoloration repair serum. And I think it's just really innovative. I think it's a product that not everybody would necessarily understand or know what to do with because it's just like Not everybody's kind of talking about discolorations in that way, that layered approach. Let's target discoloration deeper with tranexamic acid. Let's hit it with niacinamide, more on the surface layers of skin. And then let's add some bakuchiol, which targets discolorations as well, but it's a great anti-aging ingredient. I think it's super innovative and exciting, and I love it. And it has a great, just silky, lightweight lotion texture for everybody. I would love to hear from you where you think skincare is going. Like at Paula's Choice, I'm sure the product development team is hard at work. They're thinking about 2023, what our beauty shelves are going to look like. Um, And I'm sure you get some sort of glimpse into the future, you know, without, you know, spoiling anything that's on the horizon. Just I'm curious, just, you know, you've been in this space for a while. Like, where do you think skincare is going? How do you see consumer needs changing? Where, Where are you excited about innovation? Well, I would say not necessarily just for us as a brand, but I would say that estrogen deficient skin is like something we just need to talk about more. And maybe it's because I'm 50 and like, I'm just want to have a conversation because I'm experiencing some of the, some of the results of that. And so I think we need to increase conversations kind of the same way with acne. Like, let's go with you on this journey. This is like normal. This is what you can expect, et cetera. And I think there's not enough conversation around that. And so I think that's going to be coming. Estrogen is such 
is so intertwined with our skin. Before we even talk about estrogen decline, I feel like I hear a lot from people about birth control and how changing birth control or finding the right birth control or low estrogen, like all of these different approaches to birth control has a really big impact on their skin. Have you experienced that as well? Like just as you've talked to people? Yeah. I mean, it's all hormone related, right? And so we know that hormones, I mean, gosh, they affect so many things in our biology. And when, if you have an increase, there's things that you'll see and you'll notice. And if you have a decrease, there's things that you're going to notice and you're going to see. And so I think conversations around that products that are geared towards that, like I said, in particular, estrogen deficiency specifically, I guess I'm kind of giving a hint, but phytoestrogens. So those are plant-based estrogen type ingredients and the impact they can have on skin are super powerful. And I think there's a huge unlock there. Interesting. I think some people already know it. Okay. Interesting. Well, I'll I'll stay tuned. Um, Now, because I have you here, I have to very selfishly ask you a skincare concern. I would say the only like skincare concern that I've had persistently is I've always had dark circles under my eyes. Um, it's not, you know, what people like talk about like, oh, getting older. Like, I feel like I've always had these dark circles, even like in middle school. If I get a lot of sleep, like they're less, but it's not like they're gone. And I would just love to hear, you know, and I use eye creams. Um, I know that eye creams don't necessarily change the color of the skin under your eyes, but I would love to hear from you, you know, for people that deal with dark circles, you don't appear to have any whatsoever. I'm very jealous. Um, What do you recommend? What ingredients should people look out for? I think that's one of those complicated issues, right? Because it's either environmental, it's genetic, or there's, well, actually, and there's probably a middle ground there too. So hereditary or genetics, you can look at your siblings, your parents, cousins, whatever, and you might see something similar. So that's just a trait that other people in your family have as well. My parents like don't really have Don't really have it. No. Yeah. I mean, if it's genetic or hereditary, so okay. maybe you can always tell by looking yeah, at people yeah. in your family, but if it's genetic or hereditary, maybe you can't tell by looking at people in your family, but you feel like you've always had it it wasn't onset by an event or it wasn't onset by the environment. I'm just going to be straight up. There's not a lot that you can do in terms of skincare for that. Now you, you can keep it from getting darker, right? So you want to offset that environmental damage that goes to things like we were talking about vitamin C, sunscreen, all these great ingredients that skin loves that will prevent increasing that darkness. If you're like, well, I never really had under eye darkness. It feels kind of new to me. It feels like it's just kind of come on. There's different things. It can be allergy. It can be salt intake. It can be alcohol. It can be so many different things. And at the end of the day, if it's genetics or a cosmetic or a skincare product isn't resolving it, a great concealer is your best option. And I love and I love a good concealer. I like keep the Kosas concealer on deck. I think it's just wonderful. And they've also like added skincare into that concealer, which if not that you're interviewing me or anyone's asking me my <laughs> opinion, um, but when but I we want to know, yeah, but well, when I think about like the future of beauty and where things are going, I think we're going to see more makeup that also doubles in, as skincare, right? If something's sitting on my face all day, like what, why? Sh- I mean, now this is where my ignorance makes me think of big ideas that probably aren't possible. But, like, <laughs> you know, why, why shouldn't a foundation have vitamin C 
in it, right? If vitamin C is so good for our skin now, that's very difficult to formulate. But there's so many ingredients that we know treat our skin well. And then we put makeup on all day and the makeup doesn't really do anything to help our skin. I think Supergoop's been smart about, they made those shimmer shades, those like cream shadows that, yes. and, and as I, I talked to the president of Supergoop and she's like, well, people don't think about protecting their eyelids and especially for oh, very Which fierce. is one of the first, the eyes, yes. you know, I mean, there's certain areas of our body that are just continually exposed. They're a bit more delicate and they're the first areas to show kind of those signs of aging, the exactly. crow's feet, the wrinkles, the... Yeah. you know, sagginess on the eyelids. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's true. I think that's true. And there's also, as brands kind of lean into what consumers are expecting and what they want to do, and then also kind of managing spend, it makes sense. Like if you can just get a bunch rolled up to into one particular product, get kind of more bang for your buck, how great is that? Totally. And I also think more brands are going to have to be like Paula's Choice. I know that on your all of your social pages, you really invest in education. On your site, you really invest in education. You explain to the customer like what they're buying and why they're buying it and what it does for their skin. I think people are going to demand that level of transparency from all of the skincare brands. I mean, right now, I think some brands are scooting by on just like their luxury, you know, the, the, the photo shoot they do in Monaco and like the gorgeous bottle and... <laughs> I think people are getting savvier and savvier and they like want to know like, what is this? Why does it cost so much? And what is it actually doing for my skin? Like, I think more brands are going to have to lean into education. Yeah, I think that's a really good point too. And I I feel like that's one of our strong suits, you know, because again, it's kind of what we were doing before Paula's Choice was even a skincare brand. And so it's complementary to the products that we offer and the ingredients and the effectiveness that you can get from a product of ours. We want to give you that information, whether you purchase our products or not. Because again, it goes back to that, this kind of the theme of the conversation, that knowledge is power thing. We want to share that information, help people feel more empowered and make decisions that are best for the skin, ultimately just achieving the best skin of their life. And that's, we hope it's with our brand. We hope we're a part of that journey, but um as long as people are informed, I think that's huge. And I think you're right. And it's one of the reasons we put that, you know, our citations and the research on the product pages themselves. And I'll just say, just a little addition, those citations and that research we put on our product pages aren't behind paywalls. So we make that information accessible. Because sometimes you go to a site and it's like, oh, here's our research. Go put, now you need to pay $100 to see it. That's a problem. Like it should be accessible to everybody. Absolutely. Well, we've come to the end of our conversation. Um, <laughs> Deb, you definitely have to come back because I want like listeners to be able to send in questions and like you just educate them on how to how to you know fix specific skincare concerns. I got to selfishly sneak in my dark circles question at the end. Very self-serving. But I need to know when do you feel most beautiful? It's when I'm doing things that fulfill me. And for me. That can be planting flowers in my garden. It can be just running around the yard with my dogs. It can be when we're traveling around in our RV. It could be walking on the beach. You know, we wake up in the morning in the RV really early and you just go and you just, whatever, however your hair is and however your skin is, you put your little jacket on and get your little dogs and for me and go on the beach and the sun hits you and you hear the water and you see the water and all those things like, I think that's when I feel my most authentic and my most beautiful. 
And a lot of times it's moments when there's nobody watching. That's powerful. So that's mine. But I I loved that question. And I just have to say on your podcast, I'm going to use it in the future. (laughs) Go for it. Well, thank you so much, Deb. I will link in the show notes to all of the amazing resources that um, Deb mentioned. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like a gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things that you love are checked by experts, not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. So that was my conversation with the great Deb Kilgore. I really, really appreciated all of the knowledge she brought to the conversation. I definitely feel more justified in doing a million things to my skin and doing the absolute most because that analogy that she shared about like spinach, like no one would be like, oh, like eat less spinach. Like, no, like if you give yourself and your skin like good nourishing ingredients, you can do it all the time. So if anyone gives you a hard time about doing too much for your skin. There's really no such thing. I mean, you can overdo it with the acids and the actives and all of that stuff as she discussed. But in terms of like nourishing ingredients and things like antioxidants and vitamin C, like layer it on, layer up, layer it on. All right. I will be back next week with a new episode. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 